Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much, and who are, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Good afternoon, it's Tom Richardson once again, Removing Confusion Podcast. That is uh, the Graskles in the background singing, Give Me Jesus. You can have all, everything in this world, they say, Give Me Jesus. There are people in this world parts of it that we Americans can't even imagine what they go through. We can't even imagine the uh, uh, lack of all the wonderful things that we have here in our bountiful country. There are people here that have it rough too. But uh, they also have people that will look out for them if they reach to the right direction. But there are people in places like Thailand, Cambodia, you know, the Middle East, where all they have is each other and Jesus. And to get the right perspective, all they have is Jesus and each other. That, that day for a lot of us, I believe, is fast approaching when we will have to choose between what we have and what we need. Do we, we stay with the things that we have at hand, you know, the wonderful, you know, the cars, the houses, the motorcycles, the boats. Some of them have, some people have airplanes. I mean, you know, <clears throat> where you have to choose between that stuff or literally stepping up and telling the truth from God's word as it is written. That day is coming. That day is coming. I think if you're awake and you're aware and you're sober-minded, you can see that on the very near horizon. Now, I left off yesterday in 1 Peter chapter 4, and I kind of breeze all the way down to about verse 8 or 10, but I'm going to back up again. Uh, a little bit of what I, what my buddy Steve Mitchell used to call the Department of Corrections. And it's not really that I said anything wrong. It's just something I want to hammer on a bit. First Peter 4, verse 6. If you got a Bible, if you're open, you have a, a electronic one, whatever you're using, I, I'd like it, you to join with me in the Word of God. First Peter 4, verse 6. 4. 
for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh and according to God in spirit. That, is, that, that trips people up, and I, I can understand. It's, it's, it's one of those verses, and we touched on it yesterday about, you know, the kind of things that uh, it just kind of goes against what we, we know. Uh, the gospel was preached to them that are dead. <laughs> really? But Jesus, for three days in the tomb, three days and nights, from what we know and we've been told, on the third day he rose, so there you go. He went and preached to spirits, is what we've read already. And what I wanted to clarify talks about prison. And, uh, it's again spirits in prison <laughs> you know you're you're like what what's the bible trying to do to me but it's not hard to understand when we look to different parts of the bible in in verse i'm sorry in chapter 3 first peter 3:19 he preached to the spirits in prison I was fumbling a little bit there. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm not going to start all over again. Uh, you guys know me. You know I kind of sometimes get lost in my thoughts. But this verse 4, verse 6, ties into verse uh, 3, verse 19. Chapter 3, verse 19, where it says, Jesus went and preached to those that are dead. And in verse 319, it says, He preached to those spirits in prison. The word prison in that, in that sentence, in that, in that verse, is the same Greek word that binds Satan for a thousand years in Revelation 20, verse 7. So if you, if you go and look at verse uh, 20, verse 7 in Revelation, it talks about Satan being bound and cast into a prison or a, a deep pit for a thousand years. That binding... And being put away is the same word that is used in First Peter three nineteen, which alludes to what they're talking about in verse four, or I'm sorry, chapter four, verse six. Now I know that sounded confusing. You may have to go back and listen to it again, read it again, uh, or whatever. But I'm trying to make a, a point: is Jesus went during the three days and three nights of being in the tomb, his spirit went and witnessed or preached to those that were also in the prison and dead. Those that are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So it's like he gave them a choice or a chance to follow him. These are the people that, had uh, kind of messed up back in the uh, before the flood, and some of these fallen angels that came down and they were cast into a a place of chains and darkness that we may see later. But anyway, um, I just wanted to kind of touch on that because it's one of those subjects that's very difficult to understand, and I hope. I kind of picked away at the threads of it a little bit to show you what I was talking about. That there were people or spirits that were locked away in a place that is the same place or the, the at least the same word prison used in the place where Satan will be bound for a thousand years. It's not a good place. It's like when they say, you know, we locked him up and threw him under the jail. That's kind of where... Satan goes for a thousand years, and he's not going to be happy when he comes out of there. I can tell you that right now. Okay, we went through verses 8, 9, 10, talking about, above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for love covers the multitude of sins. You know, 
I used to have a friend of mine. She said her clothing covered a multitude of sins. It was just a play on thing. Love can cover a lot of our human foibles. When we truly have a, an affectionate and fervent caring for our fellow brethren and sistren in Christ. You know, they may be Baptists, Methodists, Church of God, Church of Christ. You know, I hear people that stand in pulpits in their own denomination knock all the rest of them. I've always said, if Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ is the center of their belief system, so be it as good. If you read in first, uh, I'm sorry, in the first chapter, yes, the first chapter of Philippians, Paul talks about if Christ be preached, then you know he's happy. I'm paraphrasing because he knows there's going to be people who tweak this, tweak that, you know, baptized, not baptized, sprinkled, you know, all that, and that gets caught up. And then there's the whole rapture thing, and everything else gets in there. You know, I don't care if you believe in a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I'm going to say it, no trib, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's that you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he's going to do exactly what he said he is going to do. And he told us the things to look for as that time approaches. My main and manifold ideal is that he will be here again period. I've told people I will not argue the timing of the rapture. I know what I believe and I keep it there. And you shouldn't either. It's not a hill worth dying on. The hill worth dying on is, you know, what they say in military lingua is that you've won someone to Christ. The Holy Spirit through you has led someone else to Jesus. Now, as long as they don't run back to a Jehovah's Witness, Mormon, you know, Hindu, whatever, if they end up in a church that preaches Jesus, preaches the word of God. And again, I love the King James, but if they go to a church that uses the ESV and whatever, the NASB, I mean, there's so many. I'm, I'm not all for all of them, but I think... If you dig, you'll find something you don't like about any of them. The main topic is Jesus. From Genesis 1-1 clear to the end of Revelation, it's about Jesus. It's about salvation. It's about redemption. And it's about him, period, with a capital H-I-M. <clears throat> Let's go on down to about uh, 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. Uh, and in verse 11, you know, Peter says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I, I said 12, I, I saw 11, I said, man, we got to do that. Because that is important, trust me. That is an important statement. It, it kind of rolls along with everything that I was just saying. You know, we can, we can differ on the uh, fallen angel theory of Genesis 6, and we can differ on a lot of things, but when it comes right down to it, We need to just go along with the fact that we need preaching, teaching, and reading of things about Christ. You know, it talks in verse 10 even as men uh, receive the gift. The gift of what? The gift of being able to bring you fluently the word of God. 
and be good stand, stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in other words, you know, you, you, you can't just be a preacher talker and not be able to extend the manifold grace of God, the very various different aspects of the grace of God. But if you, if you want to speak, let him speak the oracles of God. The oracles of God is this great big book I got laying here next to me, the King James Bible or whatever Bible you want to use. Again, I'm not going to get it. That's not even worth fighting about. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of fighting that goes on about one thing, the Bible. And then it becomes an idol to people, you know, Oh, King James. Oh, you know, oh, you're, you're listening to you read the other versions. They're just perversions and all kinds of stupid stuff. When you do that, you are alienating your ability to reach and be with other believers. You have cultified yourself. Is that a word? I believe it is now. Don't fall into the cult of you have to do this to be saved. You know, there it is. Again, I, you know I'm using the King James because there's a lot of these and thous and everything I read to you. Okay, let's go on. 412. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Semicolon. Or colon. I can't see it that good. Colon. A colon kind of means, oops, stop for a minute and think. Because the next next verse throws us into a tizzy, doesn't it? Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Fiery trial, that sounds like fun. So now I'm going to get burnt in the trials. You know, people, they come to hate us. And uh, verse 4 of the same chapter we read earlier, don't think it strange that you run not with them. If you don't, if you don't hang out with those that are in, into the excessive riot and, and drinking and all the other things, they'll start talking bad about you. Oh, he thinks he's better than us. Or, I don't know what happened to him. You know, he's got that Jesus bug, that kind of stuff. And they'll, they'll never have anything to do with you ever again. Your friends, who you thought were friends. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, and and throughout what we've read in 1 Peter, this talk of a trial of your faith, verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, the the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing, the appearing of Jesus Christ. I'll hammer the appearing one of these days. You know, this is one I also like. First Corinthians, first Corinthians, first Corinthians three And verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. That's when you get the wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones. One's going to get fired up real quick. All the things that we've done that don't really show that exaltation of Jesus goes through the fire and is poof. You know, there will be, you know, here's the thing. I want you to really, okay, uh, first, uh, second Timothy 312, second Timothy 312, yay, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution now persecution is squashing it's pressure it's pushing in not this i've had people use the lame persecution of you know 
oh, you know, I had a bunch of guys around me, and they were looking at dirty magazines, and they, they shoved one over to me, and I said, no, thank you, I don't look at it. I'm just using an example that I've had thrown at me before. And, you know, yeah, there's a four, and you say no, and they say, oh, you're one of those guys, you know. You're, you're a little limp or whatever in the wrist. But, you know, that's not true persecution because, you know, yeah, you might get a little ribbing at work. You might have people decide not to deal with you. But true persecution is pressure that's almost, you know, in your own flesh of your own ability, it is impossible to overcome without the Lord holding you up. Being, pri- being, being put in prison for something you said that was true, but they twisted it. Being uh, run through the court system like they're doing today all over the place. If you write, or, or, you know, write something on Twitter, you know, which I don't use. Uh, I have an account. I keep forgetting the password. But, you know, you put something on the Twitter or the Facebook or the whatever, and somebody doesn't like it, they, they report you or the algorithms that run those things report you, and the next thing you know, you're in, you're in court. They kick you off their platform, but those lowly little guys, you know, they're going to take us to court because they know they got lawyers that will tear us up with our you know, public attorney or whatever. And it, it may be nothing that you've said you know, um, here on the on this platform, I had a doctor on with me a while back that they don't like, and they kicked that piece right off. They didn't throw me out. But that's, you know, one of those things where they start scrubbing through, and they don't, you know, they don't like certain people. They don't like certain words. You know, you can't, you can't say I'm pro-life. There's a guy I just saw that uh, started a game, you know, with a video game company, and I don't know which one it was, uh, but he started his own company. Got it up and running. You loved his job. You know, he, and they, I guess he went public or whatever, and he started to share out all this. And he came out, and all he said was he was pro-life. He didn't believe in abortion. His, a man who has the major share of the company was tossed out of his own company. Let that sink in. And, you know, he said he went through depression and he thought about suicide because he, he, he was taken away from, you know, it's like losing one of your kids almost, you know. It was a, a business that he loved and, and the people that worked there loved it because they, they had, you know, profit sharing and all this kind of thing. That he got booted for having some morals. I don't even know if he's a Christian but he's on the right track. But look here. We, as we go further into these days that I call the last days, that Paul called the last days, that Peter talked about in these times towards the end kind of thing, we are going to face trials in our lives, fiery trials that's that's even that's hot but then in verse 13 he says you know don't think it's strange these things are happening to you but in verse 13 of chapter 4 first peter but rejoice comma inasmuch as ye are partakers of christ's suffering semicolon that comma when the glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We are to look forward to the, the glory of Jesus Christ being revealed, coming to take us home, coming to gather us up, to set up his kingdom where we will never die. We can rejoice in what they put us through now. They may take everything we have. For those 12 or 15 of you that listen to me, and I, I'm thankful for you, we're praying for more. 
because I believe that the truth is spoken here. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying. I use the Bible. I I try to stay as very close to it as I can, and, and I use all the tools that I can in it. I want more people to hear what we have to say. You know, this this book of 1 Peter, I know that many times over the centuries it's been, you know, commented on and broken down, but I've never heard a preacher sit down and go through it. I know there have been. Don't don't write me and say, oh, but my preacher did and my son did and all this other stuff. Recently, and I don't know how they did it, you know, so I'm not knocking anybody. They probably did a good job. But the thing of it is, is we are going through verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept to show that Peter is a, he's, he's looking toward his death. He's going to be killed, crucified upside down. Ugh, we can't even think of a death like that. But he says, rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Because if you are being targeted for that reason right there, that you are a follower of, of Jesus Christ when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy they may kill you they may like I say they may take everything we have they may throw us in a prison or a, or a camp and that'd be the end of us they may chop off our heads whatever remember the faith that you have in Christ. Rejoice in that as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that when the his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Now, there, there are people who are going to, the people who curse God's name, the people who have nothing to, they, they, I, you know, you try to hand them a track. Now, I know what it's about, and I don't want to see it. You know, you don't need to be pushing your stuff down my throat. I've had it happen. If you if you ever go out street witness and or even, you know, one to one with somebody you thought you knew, and they just blow up at you. Happy are you? <laughs> you know, if you're reproached, that means if you're kicked in the teeth for your belief in Jesus, if you're castigated, as my friend David Lankford likes to use that word, and I think it's awesome. We just need to realize there are people who do not want to hear what we are trying to bring them because it brings them some vestige of, oh, I got to give up everything I like to do. I can't listen to my rock and roll. You know what? You can do it. I'm going to tell you right now, you can listen. You can do anything you want. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you are truly saved, if you're truly born again, it won't last long. You will, you're, that's called you know, being in a rebellious nature against the spirit that is living within you if you have been saved. You will always be your spirit, the human fleshly spirit, at war with the Holy Spirit of God. And it will make you miserable, that back and forth. And again, it's what spirit you feed the most that you will see flourish. You, you, You spend time in Bible reading and prayer, and you spend time uh, meditating on Scripture, Peter never says be in constant questioning or complaining to to be mad about uh, the crumbling health 
you know, because we, as we get older, our, our health falls apart. I don't care how much you work out. It's going to happen. Our finances are going down the toilet. And our freedom here in the United States is absolutely being torn up. But Peter doesn't say, you know, sit around and mope and gripe. I mean, yeah, we're going to, we're human, so we're going to. But, you know, that's not what we're called to do. He says rejoice. Rejoice. Because one thing you can look at, you're, you are now a partaker in the sufferings of Jesus. You are now entering into that part of your Christian walk that you maybe never really wanted to be in, the pressure, the persecution, maybe even tribulation. Here's something that you can look into and you can you can come back to me. Yeah, you're always being told the the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ. You know, we are the body of Christ. Our adversary is always in a fight against us. We the church is the body of Christ. Jesus suffered and we will as well. It's very plain in the scriptures. There's a lot of guys that twist it into this simple truth, and there's you know greasy grace and all the other stuff that goes there. But this is a very strong truth that we will face persecution if we live godly lives. Men twist it. You know, they like to twist the scripture. They like to take the truth and slip. Oh, we won't go through anything here in America. Why? Because we're so much better than the Christians that hide in caves in China or India where they're beaten in the street or Pakistan where it's even worse. And yet they still meet openly. I've seen pictures and videos of people beaten half to death in places like Pakistan. And what's the, what's the common denominator? Jesus. That ain't happening here. But that doesn't mean we're better than they are. They're standing up in a place where Muslims, Hindus, and, you know, swamis and mommies and everything else will kill them. And they still stand. And having done all to stand... Stand, therefore, and put on the full armor of God. We haven't been called to put on our armor. It's still in the closet. Jesus suffered, and we will as well. Just remember that. Don't let somebody twist this into something. and and Because you know, it, it says in I think it is first Peter, second Peter. They twist the truth to their own destruction. So why are we rejoicing? Because <laughs> God doesn't want us to be so upset. You know, I, I've used it many times. Paul and Silas in prison. What they do? They sang. They 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 quoted psalms back and forth to each other. They prayed. When his glory is revealed, we will be exceeding, we will be glad with exceeding joy. Joy is a verb. Joy is a verb. It's an action word. It's something that wells up inside you. Exceeding joy. It's overflowing. You know, overflowing joy, exultation. It's just it just brings so much you can't not have the smile on your face. They're trying to kill you. You're smiling. Because you know where you're going. Listen, if you know where you're going, they can't, they can't bring you fear. It may hurt what they do to you. They may beat you into a coma. Don't give up on Jesus. Stand, therefore, Verse 
verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter what they try to pull, you stand your ground. Renounce Jesus. No. I'll shoot you in the head if you don't renounce Jesus. Go ahead. I'll be with him in 10 seconds. Luke 16 talks about the the rich man and the beggar Lazarus that died. And, and the, 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 the rich man went into a grave, woke up in hell. Lazarus, Lazarus was carried away, escorted to Abraham's bosom, it calls it, by angels. That's your destiny. You know, this life is our journey. The destiny is where we end up afterwards. Verse 15, let, let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, as a busybody in other men's matters. This is one of those lists of things that uh, Paul uses them over and over again. Peter used them, John used them, and Jesus did. Uh, this is a shorter one. You know, don't be a, don't, don't, none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody, a gossiper. Somebody that's, and it says it right there, a busybody in other men's matters. Stay out of them. You know, you're always going to have people that, again, I use the word tweak, but that's just the way I talk. They're going to get you. They're going to get under your skin. They're going to cause you to, you know, just get you worked up. Family, friends, church members, whatever it may be. But what's Peter saying? Don't, don't be a murderer. Don't, don't end up as a murderer. Don't be a thief. Don't be an evildoer. And, you know, if you wish death on someone, and I have done it, I, com- I have to repent. Uh, and it wasn't anybody that I know. It was just these people that are just the most evil people that I've ever seen that are in, in fields of power right now uh but even them we shouldn't wish evil upon them because that can come back on us verse 16 yet if any man suffer as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god on this behalf so again suffering as a christian is that what i'm called to i'm going to suffer things yeah, you may suffer bad health. You may suffer the persecution of the time to come. Or maybe, my friend, you're already in it. And if you're in it, let us pray for you, Lord Jesus, my heavenly Father. Be with those that are in these tyrannical places where there's no freedom of religion but yet they stand for Jesus. They stand for Jesus even to the, the, to the end of their lives, or they stand with Jesus as they're beaten in the streets in full view of everyone. Lord God, we just ask that you be with them and that our prayers constantly cover them. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Because there are people who are, in all parts of the northern Africa, even probably southern Africa, but northern Africa, uh, the Fulani tribesmen are nothing more than Muslims that are going in and burning people in their churches and all that kind of stuff. It happens all the time. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. Some people, as they're dying, they clap their hands and sing hymns there's there's martyrs down through the many ages that they talk about being burned at the burned at the stake and and it's just horrific some of the things that go on you can read fox's book of martyrs if you ever get a chance 
for verse 17 for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of god and it is first begin at us and if it first begin at us what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of god And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I wrote or, or spoke something uh, at one point about this verse, about the uh, beginning at the house of God. When you go through Paul's writings, uh, and Peter, as a matter of fact, he talks about, you know, in this in this tabernacle, which I'm getting ready to lay down, uh, Paul says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, Christ lives within us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. You know, that's some heavy stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we oftentimes read this verse and we think uh, judgment begins at the house of God. Well, that just, oh, that means the church. Well, yeah, I think it kind of does. But I also believe, knowing that we are and we are considered through these writers to be tabernacles, houses, temples of the Holy Spirit, you, my friend, and I am also. We are also. We are also the house of God. And he even says, and if it first begin at us, I take, I'm going to take that literal, that us is us, each individual Christian. Because it says, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it must, if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now, you know, let's just keep it uh, light here, but I want you to think about that. God will judge his people and we need it you know now the judgment for the for the christian is far different than the judgment for the non-believer those that obey not the gospel of god i'm gonna tell you what there's people that call themselves christians who do not obey the gospel of god it says in the next verse 18 and if the righteous scarcely, scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Well, we know the ungodly and the sinner appear at the great white throne judgment. You do not wish to be at that place and at that time. There is no exit door. There's no, there's no trying your case. It's the ones that stand and beat their chest and say, but we did these things in your name. We did these wonderful deeds, blah, 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 blah. And what happens? Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, Jesus says, I never knew you. There is a lot to be said here on this one verse, that judgment begins at the house of God. It must begin. Must. It doesn't say it should or it could or it might. It says it must. And it says, for the time is come. Now, is that future? I believe he was talking even at his time. The time has come. We need to be. We need to be getting our stuff, ourselves together here, folks. Let's look at the word time. 
In the Greek, it is kairos, kairos. Uh, however you want to say it, kairos. Kairos time means a measure of time, a fixed and definite time, the time when things are brought to crisis, the decisive epic that's waited for. A fixed and definite time. And he says the time has come. And judgment begins at the house of God. We really need to sober ourselves to that and understand there is a very serious nature behind that verse. We should be ready in this flesh as well because we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are tabernacles fit for uh, actually destruction at one point, but we are the house of God if we truly have the Holy Spirit living within us. I pray that you pray to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid of it, of being filled. Don't be afraid of him, I should say, to make it clear. Because that is the th- that is the person of the, of the Godhead that comes and dwells within us, who guides us, who keeps us in his will and in his way, who, who manicures us as we go along to pull off all the, the, the evil that may dwell within us, to get us ready for the day that we stand in this place of judgment so that we can be Righteous before the king. But if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? They will appear at the white throne judgment, great white throne, thrown into hell, thrown into the lake of fire. Finishing up chapter 4 and verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. See how it did that? This is, this is a lot of what Hebrew writing is, is like. He takes us through this you know, talk of judgment and talk of, uh, you know, spreading the gospel of God because or obeying the gospel of God and the righteous scarcely be saved. Then he goes right back to let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as a faithful, as unto a faithful creator. So what's he trying to tell us there? It's pretty easy, isn't it? If the righteous suffer, it is as well the will of God. Because you're suffering not for doing your own will, for following your own little plan. You've decided to follow Jesus. You have decided to step forward and say, I want to be a child of the king. I want to be a born-again, believing Christian. And what comes with that is not just a free card to keep you out of hell. It's not a free ticket out of the darkness. I shouldn't say that quite that way. But it is a lifestyle which you've taken on. You're going to follow Christ. You're going to pick up your cross daily 
and do what he said we should do, no matter, no matter the consequences. And trust me, I need it just as much as anybody. You know, we're, we all need to follow closer, to get as close as we can to him, to walk in his immediate footsteps as much as we can, not fearing what other people think. Wear the T-shirt, put on the hat, whatever. Pass out the tracks. Hit the charities where they need it. Most assuredly, those that have something that furthers the kingdom of Christ. That is where we put our treasures. Not in these broken down, old, broken up earthen vessels, but we need to be looking forward to what lies beyond. We will suffer. If you live in the will of God, you will find that there are people who constantly will be coming after you. These days, it's the government sometimes. Because the will of God is not to do all the things that they want you to do or they want you to accept. I don't accept it. This garbage that they're throwing around is unacceptable. You know, man-on-man marriages and women and women, and then it was, you know, somebody marrying a dog or a horse or a cow or something. And then, you know, the, the, uh, the, the mutilation of young children to, to remove to transgendering them from one gender to the other which is impossible it does not work it's all horrific horrific castrations and and mutilations of their bodies many of them that they're allowing this to happen at the young ages that they do by the time they they finally come around to it it's too late i i didn't really i don't know that this is what i wanted but it's too late now Psalm 31, 5, into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. 37, 5, one of my favorite psalms is 37. So it starts out with fret not. Don't worry. Don't, don't be afraid. Fret not. 37, 5, Psalm 37, 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. We don't know the plan God has for us completely. We do know this much. He wants us in his will. And like I said before, his will is what he set up in the garden, you know? And, and we blew it. So what's his will really? Be obedient. He has told us what he expects from us. And people say, well, I didn't hear anything. It's right here. thousand or more pages in my Bible because it's big print. Oh, boy, yeah, almost 2,000. So there you go. You got get a, get a, get a giant print Bible, see so you right there with me. You got almost 2,000 pages of what he wants us to do how he formed a nation to have them follow a certain set of programs and laws. Now, we're not under the law, but we are just as, just as much that we should be taking on the mind of Christ. What did he do with the, with the ancient Jews? He brought them through. He told them, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. You don't eat that. You don't eat this. You don't wear this. You don't wear that. To get them in a mindset of following some rules. They weren't all that hard. I mean, some of them were. 613 of them, you're going to have a bunch of stuff that, whew, man, there's a lot here we got to watch out for. You got books this thick, and they're on scrolls and everything else, and chiseled in stone or whatever. But, you know, the thing of it is, In the end, no matter what comes from it, 
You get thrown off of Facebook. Your family doesn't want your round anymore. Your friends detest you. People are, you know, calling you names. We're, we're, we are social. Uh, we say animals. I don't like to use that terminology, but you know, the, you know, the terminology we're social animals. We want to be in cahoots with other folks. We want to be able to, to hang out and have discussions. But if you try to true, truly follow what God has laid out for you, even the church won't have anything to do with you. That's just what you think. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and <laughs> calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's what as they were killing Stephen, that's what he did. He called out to God. He actually saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. First Peter two fifteen. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now see what it says, well-doing. doesn't even say well-saying, being, being able to preach, teach, whatever. Doing godly things, though. You know, we, like I've said before, you know, even, even reprobates can do things nice but in well-doing people can't say well man he's a he's a hypocrite no he's not he's actually doing what he says he tells me to do something but he doesn't oh yeah there he is he's doing it so it puts to silence the ignorance of foolish men the bible said that not me you know we read, we read these awesome stories or accounts, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We aren't going to jump into the prone position just because you say so. We are going to follow God. Daniel 3.17, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand o king so all this stuff that that peter is talking about fiery trials tough times coming it's happened before people who followed jesus or followed god in the old testament Those people relied, they had nothing else to rely on at that point. They stood up to a pagan king in Babylon, and they said, throw us in the furnace. We would rather die than bow down to your stupid golden idol that stands, you know, 666 feet high or whatever. It was a huge thing. We're not doing it. You know, when, when some preacher even tells you, kneel down before the... No, I don't need to kneel down before anything. I, I, I'll fall on my knees if I, if, I, if I feel the Holy Spirit dragging me there. But the thing of it is, is I only answer to one. I answer to God. And that's what we really need to get in our heads. There's some of these guys that will teach you all kinds of malarkey. I try not to. I try to stay right in that Bible, right in the Word of God. That's, that's what we're all about right now. This is all we're doing. We can talk about the stuff that goes on around us, but it always comes back to Jesus. It always comes back to the Word of God. Next time, we're going to get into verse 1 of chapter 5 of 1 Peter, and that'll wrap 1 Peter up. 
But just remember this last verse we looked at. Let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Have a great day. Amen. It's been good being with you. Till next time, Tom Richardson, removing the confusion as much as I can. My holy father, well, he's made me.